Welcome to the Zip 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 Zero Podcast. Zip 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 Zero with your host Shannon Griffin. Tony Moy, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. How's it going with you, man? I'm doing well, bud. Doing well. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast and. And one, get to have a little more of a conversation than talking with you at the tables uh-huh. and some of the cons. And, um, you oh, know, that's the convention. I, I, right. What are those things again? Yeah. <laughs> so how has that affected your, what you do? Oh, it's, it's, it's affected it dramatically. Um, my, 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 uh, my basic spiel and quick story when people ask, ask me that now is like, well, um, 2019 was actually my first year of becoming, deciding to go full-time, uh, full-time artist. Um, before that I was juggling the day job, office job, flying home from a convention on Monday morning, going straight to a meeting. Right. Um, and so 2019 was the first year I did about 20 something odd conventions and as well as a few other, uh, things along the side. But the majority of my, my my salary, I guess, was the majority of my income was was uh, was conventions. Um, that that was a big part of it, uh, and I had I had other plans and stuff like that. But like being what it is, I was like, okay, 2019 was was a pretty solid start to my full time full time uh, artist career, and I was looking forward to 2020. I had um, some international shows on my schedule for everything from London to Paris to uh, South Africa that I was going to be heading to. And obviously we all know what happened with 2020. And so I just took, it was just like night and day drastic. So um, a lot of the funds I had put aside for 2019 that I prepped and squirreled away um, I ended up using a little bit of that uh, in 2020, um, and that also led me to start playing with. You know, I got I had a lot of refunds um, with uh, all the conventions that were canceled, hotels, airfare, and everything else like that. Hello. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> so I saw a picture. I was like, "Wait, it's just me." No, I, I mean, I'm showing that beautiful face and that beautiful oh, yeah. artwork, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, uh, and so I had all these, all these kind of refunds and, and I decided to play the stock market and, and, and that became, um, a little bit of a thing and that helped me through that made 20, 2020 a bit more palatable kind of learning all that stuff and, and helping out there. So, um, yeah, that, that was the, that was the big, uh, that, that was a big sort of impromptu plan that kind of happened in 2020 and now it's 2021 and trying trying to hopefully prepare for some conventions in the last half of the year and uh get some projects done before then so we'll see what goes on well you started off 2020 pretty rough didn't you (laughs) Uh, did you not have covid like in the beginning i i did i did i i had it so right when the lockdown happened, um, I think it was kind of end of March, mid-March, end of March is like when we saw uh, when, when we saw Seattle get a little bit worse and 
the government was kind of like, okay, well, I guess we're going to lock down. And then, okay, we're going to lock down. About a, shortly they're in or something near the end of March, beginning of April, I caught COVID. Um, it was a little bit too far away from C, from the end of C2E2, which happened at the end of February, for it to be convention related. Mm -hmm. um, the nearest thing I can think of was probably when I went to vote. Uh, I did some voting, and um, and also the, and I went to vote with my brother. Uh, I, I picked him up and drove him there, and he ended up catching it. But he ended up having a very benign version, so I'm I'm blaming him, huh. um, and so he gave it to me. And well, Bob, you, were the, you were the litmus test uh, for me. I'm like, okay, my boy Tony's got it. I'm watching yeah. you posting videos. I'm like, this guy's miserable. Please don't die on me, man. Uh -huh. I, I, so I come from a family of, of several of doctors. My brother's a doctor. My dad's a doctor. I have cousins that are, that are pharmacists and doctors and things like that. There, there's in, inordinate percentage of meta, medical careers in my bunch family. of overachievers in your family oh, of, like, i am the black sheep of the family <laughs> but no you're, so an, you're, you're an overachiever in art man holy smokes you know geez it's amazing <laughs> yeah so luckily i have people like calling me up and 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 kind of um walking me through what was going on um and I had about I had it about as bad as you could get for not going into the hospital. One, I wasn't quite sick enough to get a test. At that time, the tests, the COVID tests, were um, being rationed, right? And so I had a cousin who was in charge of it at a at of COVID testing at a nearby hospital. She calls me up and goes, "What's your temperature? What's you know?" Um, what was your temperature? What's your oxygenation level? All this other stuff. And she's like, even if you came in, you're not, your temperature is not quite high enough and all these other things. So she's like, I wouldn't be able to give you a COVID test. If it goes above or below these markers, come on in. Um, and so one of them was if it dropped, if my blood oxygenation dropped below 90, and mine just hovered right around 90, 91, 92 for the longest time. Um, and and it, it, was, I, I, it was the most miserable I have ever felt in my life. It lasted about a little over two weeks. Um, you had a longer case of it from what it seemed like. And I had another friend that was in California at the same time. You guys were on the same schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, both of you were locked in a room. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't. I didn't really know what was happening or what was going on. Later on, I learned of things like COVID dreams. Um, I, I had. I learned that I had coughed so hard that I had damaged my lungs that I continued coughing. Yeah. Um, for for a, a month and a half, almost two months afterwards, before I had a first full day where I realized I did not cough. Oh, wow. um, so I didn't know exactly when it ended because I was just, if I laughed, I would cough. If you made me chuckle, I would, any erratic breathing, I would cough for the next month or two afterwards. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that was, there, there's a lot to like deal with um, kind of coming out of that. I didn't realize how much, 
controversy that, that would happen from it. Um, but around COVID, as, as we all know, just mm. that, that the fact that it went political and that it went beyond just, you know, a, a hospital like pandemic kind of a thing. I thought it was weird that some of the treatments they would ask you, they're like, uh, so are you, are you a Trump supporter or yeah, no? Yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't get certain treatments that had been proven to work, you know, that was Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that stuff was really weird. And the only thing coming out of it was that I act, I made a couple minor posts, but it's, I was, it was the sort of sick where I've been sick before. I rarely, I rarely get super sick, but when I have is usually like, Okay, let's catch up on my Netflix, right? Let us be sitting, let us lay on the couch. What, what, what do I want to like catch up on? You did know, you, did you hit up Tiger King? No, I, I, I could not even stare at my phone for more than a few minutes at a time. Oh, like wow. it was, there, there was no TV on. There was no nothing. It was just like trying to, to subsist in some Ooh. sort of level of comfort. Um, if I had a moment of clarity, it was to like, okay, I need to get some fluids, get some water, get something to munch on or eat or something, get some energy. And, and but like, there, there, it was, it was not this kind of sickness where you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna like bundle myself up and sip on my little hot cocoa and chicken soup and whatever. It, if I was up for two or three hours a day, like clear-minded, that was, that was a win. Did you um you used to run quite a bit? Do you still run now? And have you seen any effects from COVID in your running? Yeah. Um, so I've in the past I've run several marathons and then I've I've kind of stopped, but just kind of keep up the um I try to run whenever I go to a convention. I spend I take I take a day and like try to explore the the city. That's one of the things I try to do when I um travel. Um after COVID, it was a few months before I, um, well, let, let me preface this. It was a, one of the conventions I did earlier <clears throat> in 2020 was I went to Honolulu. I, went, I did the Hawaii Comic Con. And while I was there, <clears throat> I, uh, I, I did a nice run. It was four or five miles or something like that. It was nice, easy, casual. I didn't you know, not racing or anything, but you get to kind of explore the city and everything else. So that was probably my last run before everything kind of happened um, uh, of, of a decent length. Because um, back in Chicago, it was kind of cold, so you do other things. After I recovered and after I stopped coughing, I went and I was like, okay, well, let me try to get some exercise. I'll try walking and I'll try... Walking was fine. I could go upstairs and go downstairs. And then I tried running. And I wasn't out of breath. It was, a, it, was, it was a very weird sort of process. I wasn't out of breath, but I, my muscles were just extremely tired. I couldn't, get, I couldn't get through a quarter of a mile or a half a mile without having to stop and just being like, what's going on? <laughs> my, my muscles are just lethargic and yes you could you know attribute it to uh you know just kind of being stuck inside for a month or two but it, it was it was definitely something different it lasted for several months it wasn't until the fall where i was able to run a mile without stopping again um 
which to me, I, I, that, that, that was running a mile was, is easy um, with, with uh, my typical running regimen. Uh, you know, that, that's, I, I haven't run just a mile in, in, in years. Um, but that was, that was a big, big win. I think it was October or something. I managed to run a mile without my muscles feeling, feeling like they were going to uh, uh, quit on me. So, yeah. Uh, that sounds that sounds not very fun. And uh, it was. I, had a, I had a similar experience. I uh, had meningitis and was in the hospital for a week. And my blood oxygen level, they told me, was at fifty percent. But from, from what I've read, I should have been brain dead. <laughs> Which may be a problem anyway, right? Yeah. Um, but they got me on these breathing exercises and whatnot. But it probably took three weeks before I felt like I had enough breathing capacity. And it probably took a solid week before I could walk to the mailbox and back without feeling like I need to I need to have a seat. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it's 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 crazy being it like taking certain things for granted and you're like, oh, I'm never going to take this for granted again. But then all of a sudden you're like walking up the stairs and you're just like, wow, am I, is, is this what it's like when you get old or is it just, uh, <laughs> or is it something else? And, and luckily I have something to blame and point a finger as I know like, no, this, this, this will be COVID. Um, but, but yeah, I've, I've heard stories of, of people with COVID that apparently seem to function with blood oxygenation levels super super low um and it's just you know, they're they're just barely right at that that uh that uh that precipice of if they exerted themselves a little bit they would just collapse did you um i was laid in the hospital bed so for the most part i wasn't moving very much anyhow oh. but uh did you i guess it, it was weird running after that I feel like I've never gotten my lung capacity back. I was never much of a distance yeah. runner either. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the, the, there's. I try to keep up with a lot of the, the stuff that's hap that happens, um, and the research and stuff like that. But there, there's still a lot out of the after effects um, of of COVID. Like, are, are you still? Well, the problem was we were doing Spartan races and we were running quite a bit and I started my, I had plantar fasciitis and oh. it was unbearable. So it took I, I, about, uh, have you had it? I have not, but like I've, I've seen the uh, impacts of friends who have been like, like you said, they're, they're, they're runners mm -hmm. and then they, they come down with it. And I'm just like, what? Well, what do you mean? Like, how, how bad is it? How bad can it be? Kind of a thing. And then they're like, like, no, it, you know, it, it takes them out. It seems relatively benign, but. Yeah, it seems like it. I will tell you that it feels like you, especially your first three steps of not moving. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're, if you're sediment, you know, if you're not moving at all for a few hours, like, you know, if you're at a desk and you step, it's almost like a nail going through the bottom of your foot and it's all like a hot nail. Yeah. 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 I stopped running and it took about a year and a half to almost two years before I have not as much pain in my feet, oh. but I'm also, I'm not a small guy. I'm six, two, six, three, 200. And you know, if I slim yeah, down, about there, two, there's four, four, those yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and plus my feet splay quite a bit. So, okay. um, 
you know, my foot goes from a size 11 to about a 12. So it goes like a foot mm-hmm. uh, size, size and a half in my shoe. So that's a whole lot of stretching that as I've gotten older, doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> At least that's my excuse for not running anymore. I'm, I'm happy to throw that in. I, I'm not. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> so, and you, so you segued that into, um, doing some investing, right? And you got a little bit of publicity on that recently, didn't you? <laughs> and what was that yeah. about? I, you know, I, I, I saw some of it. Um, it, it was, it was, uh, it was completely random, like hundred percent, totally, completely random. Um, so it's about GameStop, mm-hmm. the, the, the stock that happened and back in January, all this craziness with, uh, and I can go into further detail if you want to talk about it. Um, but in, in a nutshell, uh, with the whole GameStop price stock rising, um, I saw it as a bit of a, a flashback to 2008 and the sort of the financial crisis of 2008 and um, uh, sort of the the investment practices from then kind of rearing their heads again, especially um, the, the, the hedging and the shorting and, and stuff like that. And so initially I, I, I learned a lot about investing over in 2020. Um, I, I, it did help me out and I was, I was very, uh, I was in the black. I, I made, I, I made it, I made, I made some good decisions in my investments in 2020. Mm-hmm. But I was not that smart that I invested in GameStop when it was in the it was when it was low, right? Right. I had read about it, but I was like, "This is crazy. This is kind of beyond me. Um, I'm not going to invest in something I don't fully understand yet." And I did this. I realized what was happening with GameStop probably around November, December. But in January, I knew enough, and I had it was to me a very precarious scenario of Wall Street running amok again. And so I purchased a few shares um, in sort of a, a protest purchase, right? <laughs> um, and, and also uh, I have some social media presence. So I was like, well, I'll buy some shares. That way, if I speak on it in social media, I can simply say like, yes, I have some shares. I, I put my money where my mouth is. And I think that's um, so something I, I try to make sure I uh, understand whenever I approach social media um, is, is just make sure I have some skin in the game. But anyway, I purchased some. It went crazy. And obviously, we all know that uh, uh, on that, that notorious Friday, um, they, they stopped people from buying Mm-hmm. Uh, GameStop shares, and I kind of felt like, oh, like this is this is the man. It's they're 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 kind of taking over and everything else like that. Um, it's completely unfair. It felt like they were cheating. They they, they were cheating. This is this is completely not right. You know, um, Robin Hood and uh, Melvin Capital and all that stuff. And so I made a piece of art. Like one of the things I give myself as an artist is I give myself leeway. This is like, yes, I like doing all the pretty stuff, cool, the cool looking things and everything else. That's great. 
But every once in a while, I try to set aside some of my art and be like, if there's something I want to say, how do I say it with, by being creative, not just tweeting about it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I painted, a, I, I took the logo or the uh, mascot for Wall Street Bets, and I kind of comicified him and made him look beat up and ready to keep on going, kind of like a little, little bit of Captain America, I could do this all day kind of a feel. Was it this know? guy right here? Yeah, that guy right there, you know, the, the diamond hands. And I took all the memes and I was just like, okay, let me take this. Let me, uh, rockets and to the moon and, and diamond hands. And I was like, that, that's, that seems comic. And I did that, put it on Twitch and I popped it up on, on Reddit and a few other places. Didn't really think much about it. Just trying to get a few extra likes and stuff like that. Social media. Yeah. And then about a week after that, and I, and I was commenting on Wall Street Bets websites and our Reddits and other other things like that. All of a sudden, I get a a, a DM through Reddit. And I'm like, I don't get, I already get DMs through Reddit. Like, who's messaging me through Reddit? Um, and they're like, We are. I I am a writer for Wall Street Journal. I saw what you said about how you're never going to sell these shares, even though the price was starting to go down again. Um, and, and your artwork that you're doing and wonder if you can talk and chat. And I was like, okay, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I checked, I checked her out and she seemed cool about it. And I was like, all right. So did an interview and, uh, she said, yeah, we, we you have an interesting story. Uh, we want to use you and we're going to, um, put you in the article that we're going to put on and uh, in, in the Wall Street Journal. Like, oh, cool. And so there is me with three other guys, two other guys. Uh, and I, I, I thought, honestly thought that was it. Like, okay, this is my, 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 my five minutes of fame. You know, I'm in the Wall Street Journal. Never, never thought that me and my art would be in the Wall Street Journal of all things, right? And then uh, I get a call from Fox News asking me to be on Fox News after that. Wait, wait, wait. wait. How bad did that one hurt? (laughs) (laughs) I know you're probably not a fan of Fox News based on some of the conversations we've had. Uh, (laughs) I I have family members that are Fox News aficionados, and they, they were so happy. (laughs) <laughs> they were so at first when i said like yeah i'm gonna be on on, on the news they're like oh blah, blah 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 and then i said well it's gonna be a fox they're like oh what we're, we're gonna record it what, what's going on <laughs> so i was on twice i was on in the morning and i was on in the evening fox business in the evening and fox um with maria bartiromo um and, and again i i thought that was i was like wow this five minutes turned into like 10 it was it was kind of crazy um did that segue into your art being more well known did you get a lot more followers and i got a lot more traffic so a lot of cool things happened out of that um uh one i was able to raise i I sold the artwork i so i put the artwork that i had and i was like okay i'm put on my website i'm gonna put it for like 1200 bucks which is which is more than what my art typically goes for, mm-hmm. and for me that's tongue in cheek. Like that's kind of what I lost at this point, right? Nothing crazy. I didn't lose anything 
nuts, but hey, 1200 bucks, that's, that's what I lost. It'll be kind of fun. And I put it up on my website store and I go to make a social media post about it. And then I go back to get the link for it. And all of a sudden I notice that the link is, the inventory is zero. I'm like, oh, did I not set the inventory correctly or something like that? And I go back and check and it's sold. Like I literally within that five, 10 minutes of me posting it and then making a social media comment and then coming back for the link and it sold. Um, But one of the caveats that I I put about it was like 75% of it is gonna go to charity. Um, And so uh, I chose, I was like, finance is one thing what's the opposite of finance and to me it was like science mm-hmm. so I, I i did to the, the national science education fund um and we i put 900 to them and then the guy who bought it saw my social media post where i put nine i put the 900 to the science um nonprofit, and he matched it um and so in, in total we raised about two thousand dollars like out of it. And so I, I'm, I'm a happy camper. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's amazing that you, uh, yeah. that you did that. Yeah. Uh, especially being selfless, selfless like that. I mean, with a piece like that, I'm sure that so a lot of people wouldn't have had that, um, you know, that moral fortitude to not, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I will say when, when that, when that $1,200 came in, I was like, Oh, that's, that's, that'd be nice. <laughs> that, that's a lot of rent. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Well, you know, that's awesome that you stood by that and you, you, you know, uh, utilize that for charity. That's uh, yes. pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, 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 thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, again, it's one of these things where I try to, um, with, with, with social media and everything else like that and having comment wars, so to speak, um, as, as much as I, speak my piece or listen to other people speak to read read what other people um, say about that i also try to put my you know put my money where my mouth is and i believe in something you know in this case you know science and education and things like right. that I, I i naturally uh gravitate towards even and uh so i was like these are opportunities that i have to kind of put my money where my mouth is mm-hmm. you know i, I don't want to be just oh you just you're just the, the guy that just writes a lot of comments and writes a lot of posts and, and you know, angry liberal person, artist or something like that. I, you know, with some of the conversations that you and I have had and we've interacted, um, I try to be 100% respectful. I know that everybody's going to be quite oh, different. Yeah. Um, I do... I do tend to stir the pot a little bit. Oh, we all do. <laughs> just, just for a situation of, okay... I might and I I might not believe it, but there's a point to be made that's like a devil's advocate kind of point. Oh yeah. That most of the time I'll make a point like that if somebody is extremely on the other end. <laughs> you know, it's like and we kind of gotta reel this into the middle. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, we're all looking for safe yeah. environments for our kids and safe environments for ourselves. And I think that even a lot of these arguments that are online would not happen in person. Oh yeah, um, I I agree with you, and a hundred percent believe that most people are good and they want to do the right thing. And you've got these little tiny hairs difference 
in people's real opinions, but it seems like it's so much more dramatic it is. When, when somebody's typing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which, it, it, there's, there's a lot of people that um, stand behind a keyboard that don't have the risk of getting hit in the mouth. And that's why they're a little more brazen. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. I, I, I remember um, you, you're one of the examples I actually use. Um, when Because I, I know we're on either side of the middle. <laughs> right. Um, and we've had some, we've had some repartee. And I, I think we both respect each other in the, in the sense of like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And I'm just going to say this point mm-hmm. and, and vice versa, you do too. And I always try to remember as well as like, everyone's trying to make the best decision they can. Um, no, no one's waking up in the morning try, thinking, I'm going to make the wrong decision today. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it may happen, but that's right. not what we all think about. Uh, and so I, I always try to be, logically a respectful I, you know i while i'm typing i may swear a few things a few words and choose a few choice words but yeah. what i type out i try to make sure that it, it is not um it, it is not quite as antagonizing as it could be <laughs> i you know the whole reason i started a podcast was because i kept getting so many requests to do so on the back end Mm-hmm. And right now it's not even gone to anything political um, yeah. because I don't, I need what, the only way it's really going to work for me is if I set two people up on opposite sides yeah, and just let them set each other on fire. Oh, yeah. um, I don't see that that's going to be productive. So um, really when going into the podcast that we're doing now is I really wanted to call it Shannon Griffin and his amazing friends essentially because <laughs> I've been blessed to know people like you that are super talented at what they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think I'm blessed in that aspect that, you know, that I get to know these awesome people that do these awesome things. And especially you in the last, you actually inspired me to start watercolor. Oh, back in the day. And I sent you some of the stuff that I'd started. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't bad. I was selling them, which was yeah, awesome. They, they, I mean, that's the goal when you start off, man, is, is just is get through Mm-hmm. Get get through the challenges so you get to the point where you just don't hate it. Like to me, if I don't hate what I'm doing, like hate my piece of art, like okay, because I know I am my worst critic, and and if I just don't hate it, that's that's a level of success. And then obviously I have some pieces where I'm like, oh damn, I, I <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, this. It, isn't it surprising that when you finish, and I don't, you do enough work, I don't get. Uh, my skills would be much better if I had the time to do it. I am so crammed oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. It's insane. And I'm not able to hone that talent in and to see your abilities, even since I've known you get so much better and so much more refined in a way that is more your style. It's amazing. Thank, thank you. Uh, thank so you. you had, uh, when I met you at, at heroes con, we were just walking by and I liked your stuff. And I was thinking to myself, I remember being in art school and the only stuff I wasn't getting like A's in was my watercolors. (laughs) And I hated it because I didn't understand it. And when we walked by, that's what I was thinking. Um, And then you peered up from your artwork and you said something and you were talking, which was awesome. I didn't want to interrupt you in your artwork. Um, And when you did, 
that opened something up and you and I had a conversation and I told you about how it was terrible for me in school that, you know, watercolor was just so challenging. And you said that you had done a lot of pencil, pen and ink and whatnot, and you saw watercolor as a challenge and you inspired me to try it. You told me mm -hmm. to just give it a go. And, yeah. um, and it was awesome because it feels like you're working backwards. <laughs> you know, it feels it from it's pen and ink, you're working backwards. It's the exact opposite in many ways of, of black and white pen and ink. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was awesome that you, one, challenged me to try something new. Uh, I have a few pieces in my house that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't have met you. Um, oh. Some of my first stuff oh. was um, a little bit more Derek Hess meets a little bit of watercolor action. Uh, so a lot of loose gestural type drawings oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. filled in. Um, but you know, for I, for you for you to have somewhat challenged me to take that on, help me grow as an individual of trying to solve a problem that I would not have tackled if I hadn't have met you. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I appreciate that, man. Thank you for helping me grow uh, as an individual and taking on a new task that I wouldn't have even considered without seeing <laughs> you at that one event. So, well, I'm 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 glad, man. Like it, it's it's one of those things where. At, at conventions and, and, and these events, you, you meet so many people and you have so many varied conversations. And it's not like they're all the same conversation, but they're, they're all obviously evolved around art and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And, and I, the only thing you can really be is just kind of be yourself and be, you know, as, as authentic as you can, because you, you have to be that for the entire time. And so a lot of these conversations, like, I have vague recollections of, and I'm just, I'm just, I, I look back and I'm like, oh, good, good job, past Tony. Like you, you did good. I don't know what you were talking about, but <laughs> obviously you did something good. So good job. Um, uh, but I, I am, I am, I went through very similar things. You know, I, watercolor was completely a challenge. I, I was the artist um that would say i'm just a black and white i i just see the world literally i've probably told people this I'm like, i just see the world black and white and grayscale like i i don't understand color I, I can't you know i i don't get it uh just just give me lines i see lines and edges that's 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 what i see yeah um and all i all i know is that i was that artist, that black and white, that comic book, ink, pencil and ink artist for years. And then there is sort of this one year, whereas all I can say was that there is this um, inertia in my creativity that was like, try something different, like push yourself, do, do something more. Um, and I tried digital coloring, I tried Copic markers, I tried color pencil, I tried acrylic and oil. Watercolor was one of the last things that kind of entered um, my, my create, my entered my sort of creative zone. And uh, what I tell people is that it just made me not want to quit. Like all the other ones was just like frustrating to the point where I was like, ah, Damn it! Like, not yeah, you know, I, I, I had enough of this. Let me try something else. 
yeah. the watercolor just made me like, why, why doesn't it work? Like, this should be simple <laughs> yeah. to, 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 that, to that extent, right? Because it's watercolor was probably the first thing outside of crayons that you, you use when you're a kid. And so it just has this, to me, a connotation of, uh, of, of sort of that childhood sort of innocence to it. You know, you're just like, oh. Why, why, why should this be that hard? And no one told me that it was going to be one of the more, most challenging mediums out there to tackle. It, uh, seems, it seems that um, the people that excel at watercolor tend to be of Asian descent. Is there a lot of heritage in that? I mean, I'm not, you know, it seems that people who are really, really great at it tend to be of Asian descent of some sort. Well, well, it's, uh, you know, in our genetics is that and kung fu, so we just come out and we know, we know watercolor. Um, I mean, I think if anything, really, it's comfortable. When I was young, I did have to understand. You know, I did have to. My parents maybe learn calligraphy with a brush and stuff like that. And I think sometimes it's just these small little advantages that you might get in your either childhood or extra little support or a nudge or a hand on your back that kind of push you further along than you intended to. Um, and I think it's, it was the, maybe if I had to put something like that, that combination of just simply be comfortable with a brush, which is a weird tool mm -hmm. um, and not being, a, not being afraid and having brushes and things like that to play around with, uh, that that uh, helps with with helped my learning um, early stages with with watercolor because I I used the brushes for ink and um, when I was inking doing the black and white stuff I would use brushes all the time and so that transition from inking to brushwork wasn't one of going from pens. Like a lot of people ink with just like pens and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I, so I transitioned from brush and ink to brush and watercolor. And a lot of those similar techniques, under, you know, understanding how much pressure, how much water or fluid or pigment is in the brush and using the shape of the brush and all that other fun stuff. Those are small little advantages that you'll, you'll get um, that I had when I first started that didn't deter me as much as I thought it would. So I, maybe if I had to, if I had to validate something like that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying to make a, like a broad stereotypical, you know, statement. you know, I, I just, I know all of you know Kung Fu, but but just to see some of, some of the best artists that I've seen, uh, especially in our area have been of Asian descent, especially with pen, pencil, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, just even look at even like a Wild Sportatio, Jim Lee and yeah. comics, those dudes made a mark as well. I mean, there's tons of, there's tons of great artists out there, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it seems like the elite, there's quite a few. And I didn't know if it was, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, you know, where the advantage would come in. If it's something that is more of a traditional thing that you get taught earlier. I mean, we get stuck with crayons and junk here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you you may have a little point, like I said, like sometimes it's those little little pats on the back, and like I I think talent has much less to do 
with um, various skill sets, not just art, but a lot of things uh, than we would like to believe. Um, yes, obviously, you know, there's that small percentage, I think, where, where, where talent and, and hard work combine and you get Michael Jordan, right? Um, but I think kids with just a little bit of talent, maybe not much, maybe a little bit of a predilection, whether it's towards math, um, they just get a little bit more encouragement, right? They just get a little more, well, if you do this, like try this. Um, and, I, and I think that that goes much farther than any any sort of uh, innate um, talent towards towards something. I think talent gets you a little further without practice. Yes, but if you can practice a lot, you oh, can yeah. beat someone with talent with a poor work ethic. Ethic. Yeah. I I I 100% agree. Um, <clears throat> For instance, I think in my family, I think my sister is probably more talented and creative in, in the arts than I am. I just put more effort and work into it than she than she did. And it was, wasn't something that she wanted to pursue. But I think like on a, when we were kids and everything else, I was just like, where's this coming from? How are you? <laughs> right. There's so many people that are super talented at something, but have no interest in it. Yeah. Doesn't that blow your mind that you see someone that something comes natural and they're like, ah, I'd just rather not do that. It, it, <laughs> sometimes it is, it is frustrating and, and other times it's like, well, glad I'm not competing with you then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One more out of the pool that I don't swim again. One more out of the pool. <laughs> That's, I, you know, you said you, you didn't really understand color. I'm going to put a, okay. a picture up here and <laughs> that is amazing for someone who doesn't understand color. Uh, the color theory of this is amazing to me. <laughs> you have unnatural skin tones. The, you know, uh, realistically, none of that works. Yeah. But it just pictures perfectly awesome. <laughs> Same way with this. Thank this, you. this blows my mind how you made those colors, which are completely unnatural to human skin tones. Uh-huh work i cannot wrap my mind around <laughs> that and that is something is that something that you had a challenge in in the beginning is using those types of colors for those types of artworks um yes uh so the the martin luther both of those actually that you showed mm -hmm. um those were the second or third versions of that piece the the martin luther king one i actually did a did a piece earlier that day. It, it kind of had the same, it, didn't, it wasn't quite so colorful. It, it, it wasn't, it did have the blues and the red, red and yellow kind of thing, but something was a little off about it. And one of the things that over, I guess the more recent years is again, I give it myself like, okay, you can do something. And if you're not happy with it, just do it again. <laughs> Your right. full time. I think it was when I became I became like a full time artist. Like, time is not an issue anymore, Tony. Like, if you if you want to try something again, just go ahead and do it, and think of it as the first one as an experiment, and and learn from it, and try to take one or two things from the piece you just did, and and learn, apply, and so that particular uh, Martin Luther King piece. 
was one where in the inception of, th this was done during all the BLM um, uh, protests that were happening in the summer of 2020 and all these things are going on. I was sick with COVID and I was like, I'm not gonna go out. Uh, I, I was, I'm still recovering and everything else. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna go out to these things and not even just a look at it. And that was a piece that I did just to kind of um, participate participate online, if you will, um, to put that out there. And I debated how, how, how should I approach sort of the color? Should I just do it black and white, you know, and, and there's a certain, there's a certain something that can be said from, from that. Should I add, you know, or do I do the opposite? You know, do I put all the colors in? Do I, do I make them red and like, you know, just monotone and try the, the fight and the blood, or is it, you know, some other colors that represent something maybe more hopeful? Um, in the end, I decided to um, uh, do a little bit of uh, uh, all the colors. <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, at some points in here, some of my decision making process was simply what color didn't I use yet and how do I put it in here kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't all planned out from the very beginning. It was just kind of like, okay, well, I didn't use a color yet. Um, how do I fit this in? Where does it go? I don't, you know, and that's something in my mind. I can't, I can't wrap my mind doesn't function that way. And, and to see that just amazes me. I think, <laughs> I think you. when you see somebody's artwork and you don't know how they did it, is way more impressive because you have done plenty of you know drawing. You know you you've got it figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right, right. You, know, you got the 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 still stick and ball cylinder breakdown proportion of the you know eye. the lighting. You know how that works. You know those exercises you've done a million yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to Probably. see something that your mind can't process, why those choices were made is amazing. And that's those are the type of shots to mm. me that it just blows my mind when I see that. And the choices that you made. So I'm, I'm, that's impressive to me. I love it. I love seeing your artwork. Every time you throw something up new, it seems like you've got um, it, your comprehension of light and color is getting better. Uh, even when I thought it was amazing in the first place, it's just like, that damn Tony Moy, look at that dude. He's freaking killing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 thank you. Because some, especially, especially since 2020, we've all kind of fallen into our, our, our shells and, and, and locked in behind uh, all these lockdowns and stuff. Sometimes um, I, I, I forget, I'll, I'll speak personally, I, I forget that I did something that is pretty cool, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in, in the confines of my own little studio that I'm working on, I'm like, okay, you know, we see, see the issues or see the challenges, or see the, issue, the, the mistakes that we've made and put it through like, oh, did I, pull that pink in there is that too much is that too little i don't know and sometimes it's not until we i put it out into the world and you're like all right what do you think and and the likes you can pop in in the comments and 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 in this case you know the the one-on-one -on -one feedback which you know i used to get from conventions and now i don't get anymore i think it's i think putting your artwork out there is probably 
as nerve wracking as the first time you let somebody see you naked. What do you think? I mean, it's almost that yeah. level of anxiety, that little bit of, uh, you know, how is this going to work out yeah. when it happens? I know that's a little ridiculous, but no, no, I, I think the thing where you're bringing up uh, is, has, has a point. I mean, as a as a budding creative or a budding artist, what you're told is go go back to your whole practice, put your heart and soul into what you're doing because that's that's art, right? You got to put put a piece of yourself onto the paper, the canvas, the paint, the brushes, whatever else. Um, and, and think of something uniquely, you know, be, be an artist and put yourself into it. And then show it to the world, but don't get offended if they don't like it because they're just speaking of the art and not you. And, and, but, the, but the art is you, but it's not. I have to step away from it, but I can't, or, or, or do I? And so that's, that's such a, a daunting, um, process, I think, for a lot of young, young or new, I should say, not all of them are young, but like new, new creatives that are trying to get into, to, you know, the space, so to speak, right? Um, I think as I've gotten older, um, and just giving it a go, you know, being a graphic designer, uh, you know, doing more logo-esque things, mm -hmm layouts things of that nature the more i got involved the more art i saw the more people that i saw doing art i realized that it might not be my cup of tea or my mm -hmm. choice of what i like but i respect anybody who wants to take the time to put mm -hmm. their vision onto anything yeah you know i might not think it's good you might there might be errors in there based on yeah. what you're taught with composition and color usage yeah. and whatever um but there's a lot more respect that I give people when seeing their work, even if it's remedial because they're giving it a go. And there's tons of people that hate on people's artwork and they're not even going to give it a try. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and if you enjoy doing it, put your heart and soul into what you enjoy doing and don't care what other people think. Yeah. But the, the, I, I will speak slightly to the, a little, little devil's advocate sometimes though mm -hmm. um is that sometimes in order to improve in whatever dimension we want to consider proving right like mm -hmm. uh, in comic books it's really easy to have a metric or a gauge in terms of anatomy um poses uh other backgrounds there, there, there are certain basic things where you'd be like oh i can easily put a metric and be like yeah your arms are too long or this is too, you're not foreshortened correctly or whatever else, right? Your, mm -hmm. your perspective is off. Um, I can measure that stuff. And sometimes you need to take what other people say about your art to a certain degree where it doesn't right. take the fun out of it for you um, to heart so that you can improve whichever way you want to improve, right? There, there's some artists out there who are like, okay, you know, like your your style and what your approach is, that's that's just you, okay? And you know, you don't have the same um, style that I can apply the sort of Jim Lee 
anatomy rules too, right? Because you're more anime and this goofy, cartoony kind of a thing that you're. What about some? Do. What about some Liefeld? Um... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, Liefeld's totally. You know, as much as I we can uh, poke fun and you know look at that Captain America with you know the pectorals oh, yeah. out to who, who knows where. Um, hey, he, he's. Mad, mad respect to him still like for for being able to do what he's doing i tell tons of people that hate on him i mean the guy gets consistent work yeah he, his you can look at his his stuff has evolved over time yeah there's still some of that 90s in there yeah but it's that's that's him you know however he got where he's at Mm-hmm. Who hotels he rode in on or got pushed to the head of the line, maybe mm-hmm. where other people didn't feel like at what you know he had deserved mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's still working, he still does very well, and yeah, he still has a line at conventions, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, people still get sketches and buy his art and whatever else. Uh, it, talking about getting critiqued and stuff like that, I'll, I will give a I, I do have a story. Um, it was the worst, best critique I've ever gotten. Um, <laughs> early, early in my comic book career, when I was black, black and white pen, pen and ink, kind of, I, I put together some sample pages. I did a Daredevil, a Kingpin, five, six page sequence thing. And I, super proud of it. And I was like, oh, this is great. I got backgrounds. I got this. I got different i have kingpin with his big anatomy i have daredevil with his athletic anatomy and and you know i took this to a convention i think it was chicago uh, it was one it was like a wizard or something like that and showed it to a few few artists and they're like okay yeah the gaming kind of basic stuff and eric larson was there uh, and for whatever reason, I decided to go up to Eric Larson. His line was a little bit short. It was a little, little shorter than some of the other crazy artists I knew at the time. Uh, and I waited and I was like, hey, can you take a look at my portfolio? And I was expecting in my head, it was like, oh, yeah, he's going to like it. And he's going he's gonna to be like, yeah, why aren't you working already? You know? There was no shit sandwich from him. There was just <laughs> diarrhea. Um, <laughs> it was... He ripped it apart. Like, and the, the story I kind of gave you, told, told you before, where like you put your soul, heart and soul into something, heart and soul into some, some artwork and don't take it personally. I, I broke that rule. I was like, oh my God, you're, you're like, I, I am a failure after this. Like, wow, he just shed all over you. And everything that was wrong, he just pointed out. Like there is no like, oh, you did this good, but this is where you can improve and, and everything else like that. He just um, ripped me apart. And after that show, I was just, I, I kind of took a mental like step back from art for a second. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> rocked me to my core. But then, you know, I looked at what he was saying after like some, a little bit of time and some fresh eyes, I looked back and I was like, okay, I can see what he's saying. It's not the best. Okay, what is this? And I basically went through that mental checklist of everything that he said, and I started methodically going through, like, oh, my hands aren't that great. 
here we go. Well, I'm just going to practice hands here for a month. You know, I, oh, what? My expressions need to be more exaggerated and they all look the same? Fine. <laughs> um, and so to, to that extent, like, he gave me the worst critique ever, but it was a critique I sorely needed. And it's kind of one of those, you know, I, I could totally see some artists that if they had the same thing, they would have been like, yeah, maybe I don't got it. Um, yeah. It was one of those. So, you know. Well, that that's a difference in certain types of people. You know, if you're, if you're not going to face those battles and give up if that's what you're meant to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I was saying about, you know, doing your own thing and not really caring what other people say, I think there's a there's a, a very cognitive choice you'll make on something to convey a message that might not follow the rules. Mm-hmm. But if you make a mistake, that's different. Right. You know, and I think that's, I think we're on the same page with that. Yeah. yeah. And for him to hate on you, though, that hurts my feelings. I mean, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like when he took over Spider-Man after McFarlane, I yeah. was super impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he well with Savage Dragon and, you know, his image books and whatnot. So, yeah. And I, and I, and he is probably one of the more consistent artists out there. I'll, I'll definitely very much so. And I've spoken to him. I think in the past few years, I ran into him again at a convention. And I it was I think it was in a green room or something like that. And I kind of laughed and I told him about it. And he was like, "Well, you're doing much better now." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, yes, that's awesome, man." He uh, <laughs> he and Mark Bagley. Um, you know, I was, I'm a huge McFarlane fan mm-hmm. and what blows my mind with McFarlane is his unnecessary lines that completely make sense only in his artwork. Yes. Yeah. Because anyone else tries to do it, it's, it's messy. But it looks like I just throw a marks on there. I can't, it, none of that works for me, you uh, know, and I tried to emulate that when in my teens yeah. so much, and it's such a struggle. And it, to this day, there's so much line work in his artwork that doesn't make any sense. And some of his, you know, the anatomy is all weird, but with Spider-Man, I think he changed the way people draw Spider-Man. He did. Well, and I think that the character allowed him to be a little wonky with his anatomy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think if you took McFarlane and put him on the X books at the time, um, I, I don't think it, they, he would have excelled as much um, no. just because of all the different anatomy that he had to approach um, for doing an X-Book versus just doing a singular, you know, crazy figure that allows you to do crazy things like Spider-Man. Yeah, I think his um, his Batman run was pretty impressive, but you can see the beginnings of the Spawn cape mm-hmm. through those in Batman. And you know that was that was neat, and you can see that that progression to what Spawn is, and uh, pretty excited about that movie. Whenever it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll wait and see. I, I didn't like, I didn't dislike the other one. Everyone really takes a dump on it and says it's a terrible piece of cinema. Mm-hmm. But for the time, I didn't think it was all that bad. But then again, I was also a Todd McFarlane fan, and I might be a little biased at that time. <laughs> <laughs> So which, uh, which artists have influenced you? I mean, did you kind of take things and cues from? The, the easy ones, 
our our Jim Lee, um, Art Adams, uh, uh, and I'll say for for like comics and stuff like that, like Barry Windsor Smith and stuff like that. Um, as far as who I would when I was young and then like copy and trace and 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 my pursuit of like anatomy comes from like those three. Um, after that, in terms of color and, and, and watercolor, and, and these, these are artists that I, again, when I first saw, they, they inspired me, but I had never any delusion in my head that I would ever um, be, be, in the, be, be like in their medium. You know, it would, would be like uh, Sienkiewicz, David Mack, and Mark McKaylee. Um, he does like a lot of watercolor, Star Wars watercolor pieces and, and, and a little bit more, um, not comic book watercolor, but still pop, pop culture watercolor. Uh, but th those three uh, are probably in terms of color and media um, are my are my go-tos or who I, who I look to for inspiration or look at, stare at a piece and go like, how the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Was it, is it color composition? Is it composition? Is it color usage? Uh, what are you most inspired by of their sometimes, work? Sometimes it's, so for Sienkiewicz, I will say, for Sienkiewicz, I will say it's palette. Um, some of the colors that he, transitions ingredients and the colors that he uses sometimes are um I, I will say that that wizard piece that you posted up that with the pink and stuff like that mm -hmm. um some of that is inspired by like kind of Sienkiewicz where you like just throw some random colors in and you're like oh that worked um yeah uh, and, and like the green and the yellow and like weird, weird things like that so some of that is from there um I know for uh, David Mack, it's kind of when I get a little bit more into the medium itself, the, the, the storytelling or just kind of making it feel like watercolor. Um, that, that's probably Mack. And then breakdown and structure of figures and shapes. Um, if, you look at, if you look up Mark McKaylee, M-C-H-A-L-E-Y, um, you'll, you'll, you'll see like the structure that he creates with watercolor and, and, and stuff like that is just, is, is, is crazy. If you don't mind me stopping you for a second, I actually saw a David Mack cover while I was <laughs> in the comic shop a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to look twice because I really thought it was a piece of yours, uh, which was, I, cool. I, I still get that like randomly, um, from from other people they'll be like oh i didn't i didn't know you did this piece like i want a piece that or they're, they're talking about a commission like i really like the piece that you did here like this i'm like i don't know if i ever did a character <laughs> or something like that and like which one was it and i'll just be you know kind of polite and like, oh this one i'll look it up and i'll put i'm like oh like, thank you very much that that was actually david mack and yeah, i love that piece <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to be, uh, you know, confused for somebody that you, you know, look up 
to or at least take inspiration. Oh, it, it, it is the biggest compliment. I will easily take those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll easily take those. And I, you know, I saw it at a glance, and then after looking at it, I realized that at the time it wasn't the way that you were using color and your mm-hmm. your your layers and whatnot. And I was like, well. Is this guy is this guy buying off my boy's style? <laughs> you know, um, so you know, I really how many covers have you had that were published that weren't customs out there? Like uh, any of the bigger companies like DC Marvel? Any have you gotten any of those? I, I have not gotten any DC Marvel yet. Um I actually haven't uh attempted to try to make those connections. Most of my covers, when I have done them, are um, uh, are, in, are more independent. I, I did get a chance to do um, uh, a Batman Max. I saw uh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did do a Batman Max, uh, the Max um, with the with Keith, uh, and that that one, that was that was really cool to be able to meet him too. Uh, Sam Keith had that crazy ink splatter, super rough uh, brush. Yeah, he, he is another one that just like just creates out of sheer like what whatever that soul of you know, that creation part mm-hmm. of your soul is. Like he just taps directly into that and just regurgitates it out into whatever medium it is. Is the crayon or 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 ink or line or shape or watercolor whatever yeah like yeah that, that's just kind of crazy stuff he and uh mark texiera were guys that um impressed me with in a completely different style in the 90s than what the big pouch super muscle t- mm-hmm. so much line work they were so unique during that period um, and it, it just, I, you know, I like, again, it's one of those things that impresses me because I don't know how they come up with that <laughs> or why their brain works that way. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It, 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 it's so like Texera's stuff is just so organic and fluid as opposed to like a lot of other artists, you can see the mathematical decisions that they use to like kind of put something together, you know, like, Oh, there's a shadow here. So I'll do this. But it, it just, like text Sierra, when you see the pencils on like Ghost Rider, you're just like, yeah. you're not drawing an anatomical skull. Like, you know, like, like some artists would approach and like, okay, there's an anatomical skull. I'm going to draw and paint this or whatever. You're just drawing the concept of a, of a skull as it morphs, and shows anger and has emotions and all of those stuff, which is crazy. I think uh, Sam Keith's work with super exaggerated everything, yeah, was insane, and it and it fit and it worked. And his, uh, you know, Marvel Comics presents covers with with Wolverine with ridiculously huge hair wings, uh, and just the anatomy that doesn't make sense but works perfectly for his work was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So it's it's neat to to come up through that era where there was I think now there's more diverse work in comics than there's ever been. Okay. You know, if you look at a comic wall now with everything for sale, it it's a it's the whole gamut. You you realize that there's a place for most people's artwork, uh, oh, yeah. which is neat. 
all, all the mediums have slowly like merged before it just used to be, you know, a handful of, uh, of artists that would, that would do something other than black and white pen and ink kind of stuff. And, and, and now there's, there's this uh, renaissance, you can say, of exploration, you know, mm-hmm. where not everything needs to be perfect anatomy or, or hyper detailed or hyper realistic, or, you know, it, it goes all over the place now. Um, and I think that's great. What uh the piece that you have up here? What is that one? Um, this was my attempt at. Oh, is that too too much? Um, this was my attempt at. Uh, there we go. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein. I know it's on Halloween, but decided to do it anyways. And again, this is one of those pieces where I didn't intend it to be so colorful, but it kind of ended up that way. Um, not sure how. Uh, you know, you, you say that it's colorful, but I think it's within its the palette. I mean, you usually would think of Frankenstein as being green and then the purple, mm-hmm. not the white down her uh, beehive hairdo. Yeah. There, I mean, I think it works great. It's that's that's pretty awesome, man. I like it. Thank you, thank you. It was one of the things I, I do too um, is whenever I approach a piece, sometimes I'll just Google whatever character I'm doing and the word watercolor. And one, to, to see what people have done or that, that is out there. And also sometimes to be like, oh, everyone's going this direction. Let me try to go this direction. Um, let me see if I can get this other thing to work. Uh, uh, you know, let, let me see if I can make it brighter or maybe, you know, choose some different, different colors or different pose or something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, sometimes that is the driver. It's not necessarily um, so cre- creative in the moment. It is more uh, analytical in the conception. I, I think it's awesome, man. Like your color usage in there, even the reds through the hair uh, with the purples. It's you know you got a you got a couple things that tie in. You know the the wounds and whatnot to the yeah. your hair, and then. The, the base fabric is pretty, I like it, man. I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Um, to get a lot of your backgrounds, the way it overlaps and layers, do you wait for some of those layers to dry so that you can get that extra texture and it doesn't blend together? Oh yeah. Uh, some, sometimes, um, yes, I will wait for the various layers to dry. Um, I'll make sure generally I, I work in a, in an angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I have about a 20 to 30 degree angle on my work table. And then sometimes when I want some of these uh, edges or more organic shapes to kind of be there, I'll, I'll lay it flat. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it in. And what, what you can do is uh, paint, paint a little bit of an area. And then I just, you can drop some clean water in the middle of it and the water will kind of push uh, the the pigment out towards the edges, and if you just let it sit and be patient and let it dry, it'll you'll you'll and cross your fingers sometimes, you'll you'll get some interesting uh, shapes and edges that that happen um, from there. And I think that's they're the two things that I learn. It's almost like uh, people who find religion. Right. Uh, when I first started 
picking up watercolor, um, I learned how to have patience and faith. Right. Well, you're doing a good job of it, man. I, I, I like watching, uh, so, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll see one of your Twitch videos where you're actually painting and I'll see you do something. And I'm like, well, I've got to this point before and this is where I took a left turn and this is where I should have taken a right. So it's amazing <laughs> that you do that and, you know, you're showing people your process, man. And that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. I, 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 if I can help, if I can help save someone, you know, what to, if it took me three to six months or something like that to learn something. And I can shave that off of someone else's learning time. Uh, all, all, all the better. Like the world, the world benefits from that. Not, right. it's, not, it's not like I'm holding on to any, uh, you know, proprietary con- conceptual process or anything else like that. It's yeah. all stuff that's out there. Um, and you know, I, I just spent more time banging my head against the wall to figure it out. Uh, and so. You know, why, why should someone else have to bang their head against the wall, too? I think that um, as we progress and especially with social media, I think the learning curve has been flattened a little bit for people. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you don't have to make as many mistakes to get to the same point you were getting to, uh, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, well, one of the things that, um, you know, you, you don't just learn from you know, understanding what to do right, but you can also learn by seeing what other people don't do or learning from their, their mistakes, right? And you're like, oh, I don't like that. Why don't I like that? And just asking yourself, why don't I like that? Or having someone, you know, the few times where I'm streaming on Twitch and I'll just be like, well, guys, like, well, this was a mistake. Like I totally messed up here and I'm going to have to start all over. And seeing that, seeing someone do that and, I think helps people realize that a it's okay or b um, that what what my steps were to make that mistake and maybe someone else won't you know oh I shouldn't mix those two colors that really turned out bad. I think it manages people's expectations of what for them to expect from themselves yeah. to see not just to see your finished work but to see the process mm-hmm. and if you make mistakes then. The Tony Moy, the Tony Moy is human. He is human. <laughs> and that's that's also the the uh, the flip side of the coin, right? Is that everything I post on on the internet are things that I want you to see. Exactly. Um, like those two pieces that you chose to bring up, there were at least two or three three things before that that absolutely failed. You know, I, I started over on that other one. Um, that wizard one, and there is a likeness of Martin Luther King that was colorful that didn't quite look like Martin Luther King. Right. That's uh, you're doing great work, man, and I I love seeing you grow. Are you still teaching? Um, no, I, I am not. <laughs> and in, in 2020, unfortunately, I was like, oh, like, oh, this is gonna suck. Um, I I stopped teaching uh, just before I went full time full-time artist um and uh, just to give myself like i'm gonna do this full-time no crutch <laughs> you know let's, let's let's do this and swim with the sharks baby yeah. <laughs> I, I i may go back to teaching i may i may try to pick up and do my own classes you know maybe there's some on- i've been talking to a few people and trying to do some online classes um uh tutorials or something like that uh, i gotta figure that out 
Um, but those are all possibilities. I, I do enjoy the um, the back and forth and process of of teaching and helping someone um, be better. Yeah, I I teach wakeboard lessons to people. Um, I was a I was a decent wakeboarder. You know, I yeah. even being a bigger guy, I could do flips and things. I was sponsored. Oh, very very cool. Um, but I tell people my way of teaching is to, there's a thousand things that are going on in the middle of a flip mm-hmm. and you can't focus on those thousand things. You've got to focus on a few things. Mm-hmm. And I tell people that we will get you there faster, not because I know what I'm talking about, but because I've done it wrong so many times, I can tell you how not to do them wrong. Yes. No, 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 no. That's ex- that's uh, not telling you how to do it right as much as how you can avoid the mistake of doing what I've done a thousand times the yes. wrong way. Yeah. Let's get you on the right path. <laughs> and, and also you're able to see when someone's doing something wrong because you've done it wrong so many times. Yeah. You know, um, I, it was exactly the same way when, when people were, when I was teaching and I would have students who were like, how do you know this? How do you see it? Like, trust me. And that was the benefit I think of teaching is after a year or two of teaching, not only do you know all the things that you've done wrong, you also have, the, I as an instructor have the luxury of knowing all the things that every single one of my students have done wrong and yeah. trying to help them get past that and see that. So when, you know, you're not the first one to fail in this particular way, in this particular timing, in this particular manner. So you're not original in your successes or your defeats. So. Right. I when we were in um, when I was in design school, there was a lot of drawing classes, and to see people that really were not very good illustrators whatsoever mm-hmm. learn how to draw was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, even learning, looking at a picture upside down to draw how you're untraining your yeah, brain, yeah, yeah. To draw the eye, the way your eye sees an eye, and you're starting yeah. to look at lines relative to lines. And to <laughs> see people pick that up is amazing. Yeah. There, there's um, what, one of the things with, uh, uh, shoot, how was I going to go with this? Um, I mean, I just blanked out. I had I had a little had a little tangent for a moment, and I just. It is four twenty. Did you did you spark up earlier? <laughs> no, but I, I, that that would. I mean, I should say yes, and then that way I can. Uh, right. <laughs> That'd be an, an adequate excuse, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll 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 just we'll just say yes for the moment. Right. <laughs> well, man, I you know I appreciate you taking the time and explaining your journey and showing some of your artwork and your processes, man. I, you know, I feel blessed one to know you and for you to oh, take time to talk to me here and to set me off on a challenge that I don't do as much anymore, but it did open up my idea uh, of trying to figure something else out. Yeah. Um, I will revisit when I have more time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it leads to other things, right? It, it's, um, it's, it may, for me, watercolor ended up being a major destination for some people. It's just a, a, a momentary stop on a larger journey to something else. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I never thought I was going to be a teacher or an instructor and I just kind of fell into it, but it turns out that a lot of those skills that I learned there, I apply to, 
you know, made it easier when I started streaming on Twitch or when I started going in a convention and being in front of lots of people and, and doing panels or whatever else, like all that stuff kind of made it easier for me. Um, but you never know what something will lead to and will help you get to later on in life. Yeah, I, I feel blessed that I actually ran into you. Um, and you, small <laughs> world, right? <laughs> yeah. What's crazy is you, not so much the watercolor was that significant of my progress as an artist, but it caused me to solve problems differently. Right. Oh, that's, that was the biggest thing for me, too. Like I had to figure out how to problem solve creatively all over again. And it's neat. I mean, if you can open your, you know, your mind up to go from a different direction, you seem a little less stoppable, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, everyone's always telling you to think outside the box. But, you know, if you always draw, literally, if you always draw the box the same way, then, you know, it's just, you get stuck in a process. But then if you're asked to create the box with watercolor, you're like, oh, wait, this is a whole different set of uh, challenges that come with it. I uh, found that really limiting... Um, your capabilities from what you're used to, to where it's almost, you can't fall back into those ruts that you've been in. If you, mm-hmm. like I've thought of doing some paintings here up, upcoming to where I only hold the back end of the brush. So I can't mm-hmm. get, you know, closer and more refined and just real loose and then try mm-hmm. to see where that eventually develops. And if it makes, when I try something with more control, you know, easier at that time. Yeah. You know, kind of handicapping yourself to work in a different way. Oh, like, yeah. Anything like that? Yeah, there's tons of challenges like that I give myself where sometimes it's, hey, I, I'm going to use these colors that I don't often use because, I, you know, they're just sitting on my palette and, or I have these um, or I'll try to stay with a brush, a larger brush for longer. I'll try to fight that urge to be like, okay, now I want to go in with a smaller brush. Like, no, let me stick with this larger brush for a longer period of time. Um, and then and then it's also <clears throat> when I think I've made a mistake, like, oh, I didn't mean to do, oh, no, that's not turning out how I meant it to, um, is also to keep going a little bit longer um, before I acquiesce to, to restarting or, or doing something more drastic to it, you know? Um, so I, I have lots of, there are lots of these little challenges along the way. Uh, and I stopped seeing them as, um, as a process. I, I I started seeing them as processes that, um, if I just change the dials on, I can end up with an entirely different approach to a piece or a different piece than I envisioned in my head. Well, your journey has inspired my journey. And I, that's one of the reasons I really wanted to spend some time and have a conversation <laughs> with you, let you know that even though we haven't really hung out a lot, that, that one interaction, then our, our online interactions of, uh, you know, have challenged me to think of other things in different ways. And you help me grow as an individual. And I really feel blessed to have that in my life. Thank you. That, that, that means more to me than, than, you know, um, the, uh, 
when I first got in, one of the reasons why I got into art was because, uh, you know, it, it was a profession where you can make an impact on someone's life in, in a way, whether it's to inspire them, um, whether it's to uh, spark a conversation that they never thought they had or, or, or something else. Um, and hearing you voice uh, something that to me is very important to me in my approach to life and why I chose to go full-time artist and, and pursue this uh, means a lot. So thank you. Yes, sir. Well, brother, mm -hmm. good talking to you. You have, I'm going to keep following you. What, how can people follow your work? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Tony underscore Moy. Uh, and I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Tony underscore Moy. Um, and if you look at either of my profiles in either of those places, you'll see a link tree. And you'll have all my things from TikTok to Facebook to my various, uh, uh, my, 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 my Fox News <laughs> interview and things like that links there awesome I'll, I'll i'll link everything in the base of the description down here so when Absolutely. people view this they'll be able to click through to you okay uh, i don't think you'll get as much traction as uh the wall street journal and some of this <laughs> I mean, we're still a startup here but i appreciate you taking the time to talk with me man i feel blessed to know you and thank you for what you've added to my life and the challenges oh, thank, that you. thank you Shane. yes sir well um let's get out of here man let's get some rest and uh All right we'll talk to you soon buddy yeah sounds good take care Boom, 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 oh, oh, oh.